Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 10. We did it. We're in double digits now. Episode 10. Exciting. Uh, This week, it is my friend Lindsay, who's got a bunch of crazy stories from Western Michigan University and other things in her life, and she's on her second marriage, uh, which we've confirmed is her last. (laughs) So uh, I, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you're not already, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at FriendRequestPod and Twitter at FriendRequestJL. Still got to find that person that's got my other handle. I'm going to beat him up and take it. Uh, Thank you guys so much for all the support. Uh, Please continue to rate us and review us in iTunes. Um, Five stars, hopefully. But without further ado, here's something to give us a rating on my episode and interview with Lindsay. So first of all, where are the, like, uh, well, I want to start. I kind of, I like to do a little recap of how I know the people. So, okay, you're Lindsay. I don't think we've said, said your name yet. So, hi, Lindsay. Oh, I didn't know we were even recording. <laughs> it's always, it's always recording. <laughs> okay. Um, hi. Hi. <laughs> so, like I said, thanks for doing this. Uh, I met you in high school. Yeah. And we. I feel like you intertwined with some of the same friends I had, like early on freshman, sophomore year. Yeah. Especially when I was into like, not only into punk rock music, but boy, I looked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I don't think we hung out or anything after that. Uh, I think no. we didn't really hang out like parties and stuff we saw each other at, but uh, and then bumped into you occasionally the last 20 years either through your sister or through your job yeah and i think i think that's it that's it other than one halloween i <laughs> one, spent at one magical halloween your home having yeah. a great time so that's 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 our past together <laughs> pretty much yeah so let's rewind even further okay uh, and I, I already found out something new when you came here and told me how many sisters you had oh yeah so are you the youngest i'm the middle you're the middle Okay. How many? So give me a rundown of your siblings. My older sister is barely two years older than me. And then my parents had myself and then tried again and miscarried and then tried again and got pregnant with twin girls. Oh, twins. Yes. How did I not know that? How yeah. much? What's your guys' They're age? five. They're almost six years younger than me. Okay. That's probably why though. <laughs> we only went to school together ever when they were in kindergarten and I was a fifth grader. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess I would have, well, they would have been at your sister's wedding, I'm guessing. Uh, They have been at all of our weddings. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's correct. So I would have met them at some point. You have. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're your neighbors. (laughs) Which is even crazier. Yeah. Because now you can send them to spy on me. Oh, I'll send my nephew to, I'll make sure he identifies himself when he trick-or-treats. Um, they're, first of all, this will be the first year we have trick-or-treaters. I'm super excited about it. I imagine uh, so. The end of our driveway is a bus stop, though. And they told us when we got the house, they're like, FYI, the bus stop's right there at the end of your Warning. driveway. Um, but I always forget about it. And around like 3.30, I'm like, who are these fucking people <laughs> creeping at the end of my fucking driveway? And then a bus will pull up and be like, all oh, right, right, right. They're parents. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're making sure their kids aren't getting creeped on. I get it. I, get it. Um, I was like, I should put some pants on. Uh, <laughs> so how old were your parents when they got married? Do you remember? Uh, they were young. They were pregnant with my older sister at 18. and a shotgun wedding? <laughs> yes, it was. My sister was at my parents' wedding nice. in my mom's belly. <laughs> It's a common theme I yeah. keep hearing about. Yep. They were 18 and 19 years old. Oh, wow. And they are still together. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. I high five them for after raising us. <laughs> so you said your sister and you are just over two or just under two years? Uh, just, we're like 23 months apart. And you guys, I mean, I've known both of you uh-huh. for about the same amount of time. Uh-huh. Um, you guys have had a up and down relationship when you were teenagers, younger, yes, no? Yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> sisters. Like, I used to steal her clothes all the time, yeah. and like, she would get picked on by shitty, mean jocks who would call her names and because she was so skinny, and I would stick up for her, and 
then we would be friends again. But then, like, when we were little kids, I would do stuff where I'd be running my mouth and <laughs> almost get both of our asses kicked by older boys. <laughs> and, nice. Yeah, perpetually up and down. Okay. And, but as adults, you guys have been pretty close. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, very close. It's uh, We talk a lot about, um, even though we were raised by the same parents in the same household, it's like Jennifer and I were raised together as siblings in a certain management style I'll call it <laughs> parenting style yeah. um and then the twins were raised like as a separate set of siblings with different rules and regulations and all that even though we were all same sibling you know siblings living in the same house with the same parents yeah so tell me more about the <clears throat> the parenting style or just growing up um because you're the twins are you said almost like over five years yeah yep um do you remember anything before they came along? Um, we were definitely kids who had chores and had to do things. And like as young, you know, teenagers, teenagers wanting to have sleepovers and stuff, yeah. we had to have literally a chore chart was posted on the militant. <laughs> yes, it was a printed <laughs> chore chart with everyone's initials next to it who had to do what. And you had to put sign your initial when you got your chores done. Like you had your daily chores and then your weekend chores. Nice. And stuff had to be done before you could do things. Do you remember when your sisters were born? Uh, so you, yeah, I do. Like I remember my cousin actually coming over to babysit and letting me stay up and play Legos and stuff. Did you feel like... Did that impact, uh, I mean, obviously it's going to impact you because you have sisters now, but did that end up impacting any of like the normal attention you were used to as like a five, six year old, all of a sudden there's twin sisters there? Well, yeah, there's are... two screaming babies. <laughs> Do you think, uh, and I don't know if you remember, my childhood is very patchy and what I remember at all. That's <laughs> but, a good way to put it. Um, some people, it's crazy. They'll be like, yeah. So when I was four, well, I walked in the house and then I was like, how do you remember every detail of like weeks at a time when you were pre-five that's crazy to me but everybody works differently mm -hmm. um maybe you're hiding trauma justin uh <laughs> could be it's in there um so your sisters are born are you finding yourself at that point getting closer to your older sister because you guys are closer together and now there's these twins that are i imagine getting a lot of your parents' attention because that's got to be a crazy amount of work. <laughs> that is when I actually started becoming closer with my dad because oh, okay. my older sister was old enough to understand direction and to actually help my mom with the twins. Okay. And it was easier for everybody for my dad to take me out to go like scout for deer places to hang deer stands and you know walk the woods and go bait piles and hang tree stands and check kits cameras and that kind Hunting of stuff stuff yeah nice. and that's was a huge influence on my life okay okay so yeah that's that's a that's a definitely a split i did not see coming um <laughs> yeah that's essentially i think when he subliminally decided that i was going to be his son <laughs> nice do you feel like you kind of got raised that way oh 100 percent. okay absolutely i grew up hunting and fishing and like my I remember I'll never forget in fifth grade my dad showed up and was just standing in the doorway of my classroom and I was like what's going on he was Me like mother getting advice he was like get your stuff we're going salmon fishing my client's bringing his son I was like all right let's go <laughs> nice um did you harbor any resentment for that later on in life no I appreciate no. it that's the woods is my church that's the outdoors is my lifestyle nice yeah you embraced it yeah <laughs> awesome i love it it's so it's funny because so yeah, i didn't get that vibe from you at all in high school <laughs> so that that's just funny to me because I, I would have had no idea i was raised and i think we all were um and we took to it differently to be well-rounded okay like when i was a kid i had to wear dresses or skirts to school twice a week <laughs> I remember that when we moved to Clarkston, I was in second grade and the lunch lady, the playground supervisor lady, like tried to tell me that I couldn't play football because I was wearing a skirt. And I'm like, you're not my mom. She made me wear it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. I had to wear a suit. And that's yep. not true. Trevor <laughs> Manuel's mom, actually. Oh. Yeah. Shout out to Trevor Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rest of childhood growing up 
any any hiccups or pretty pretty normal and uh pretty normal my dad traveled a lot what did your mom and dad do for work my mom was a stay-at-home mom okay. until the twins were i think till the twins were in kindergarten or first grade and then she started working in their elementary school okay um and for the last like 12 or 14 years she is has been the purchasing director at great lakes athletic club there you go and my dad works for ppg pittsburgh paint and yeah, glass yeah. um and has since i was three years old okay so like at any given point in time i could not tell you what his title is or what he does it's like that's who he works for do they or where are they at around here i think he has an office in try but <laughs> still but i mean he goes to kentucky he goes to well, i don't know like I re- yeah <laughs> i remember i was pissed off because he was in taiwan on my 13th birthday wow. and for some reason i felt like it was my 13th birthday and everybody should be there yeah. and i was just like i was mad about it as well you should be yeah so mom and dad start working everything else any i mean rest of childhood until high school and yeah you know, yeah yeah that's uh my mom is going to retire soon which is top secret <laughs> not anymore right <laughs> Yeah, uh, which I do think has to do with the perpetual flow of grandbabies being born. That'll do it. Yeah. Um, and then high school, how was high school for you? It was just something I had to do. I mean, yeah. it was it was pretty chill for me. Like, I was just a nice person and expected yeah. that people were nice as well. And it was like kid work. You have to go to it yeah. before you get to go on to anything else. So I just... Showed up and did it and tried to get out. So what's your anything else after high school? I went to OCC for a year and a half. Any particular study? Uh, Nope, just trying to get some credits in, get some basics done. And then I moved to Western um, New Year's Eve weekend. Oh. Yeah, that was... In Michigan. Yeah, great. (laughs) On the West Coast. (laughs) I uh, moved to, New- to Western. I moved in blind with three other girls into this apartment that actually matched you up with your roommate based on major. Okay. And this chick was failing out and she needed someone to take over her lease. Nice. And I called the other girls that were living there and essentially interviewed them. And then You interviewed them? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See if I wanted to live with them or not. Like, if I thought they were cool enough. And then the last person I talked to was my now and has been since that day best friend. Um, And we became roommates there. And then we rented a house with some other girl with four other girls that I didn't know in the student ghetto. Had some seriously wild times there. Um, Western. Uh Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I've shared my Western stories on here before. I actually have so many of them. They're a a section in the book that I plan on writing when I retire. Nice. Yeah. If you, just knowing what you know right now, because obviously we're all three decades away from retirement, a minimum, um, given our generation. What's the the title of your book going to be so far? Put it in the book. (laughs) That's that's the name of your book? Yep. Put it in the book. Because it's, it's worth it. There's just, I've have so many wild experiences that i'm just like what the fuck any you want to share uh one of the major ones at western was halloween a group of us are kitty corner partying i'm gonna run across the street back to my house to go get more keg cups one of the guys who lived in the house is like hey lens i'll walk across the street with you he starts walking across the street with me and a guy in a trench coat and a mask and a hat stopped and he just started chit-chatting and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, hey, Jared, I'll be right back. I'm going to run on in. Um, and as I was walking away, the guy pulled out a gun. And, of course, I thought it was a toy gun. So I heard bang while I was in my house. And I was like, what the? Jesus. Yeah, because I'm like, that was a real gun. And sure as shit, I get back across the street and Jared is sitting on the couch rocking like a baby with his hand on his forehead going, it was ice cold. It was ice cold right there. Ice cold. 
So everybody's freaking out. Nobody wants to call 911 because it's a bunch of minors drinking. And I was like, you fucking idiots, call 911 now. So I was like, I'll take the ticket. I'm 21. I don't care. There's somebody with a gun on our street. Yeah. So cops get there. First off, they think I'm lying and that I made this up. And they talked to Jared. And it, I mean, it was unbelievable how shitty they were. And then they get a call. The man was three doors down across the street. So back on my side of the street, three houses behind mine had broken into the home, barricaded himself in the bedroom. They end up shutting off our entire block. They end up having snipers laying on our deck with tripods and snipers on the roof of my old house. This man barricades himself in there. He ends up murdering the husband shooting him through the door and then like six hours later ends up taking his own life jesus none of us were allowed to leave the house there was an officer posted in front of our door all night and then literally like out of a movie pouring rain trench coat agents want to interview us all the next morning that's crazy that is one kalamazoo story (laughs) that's a that's a wild night to be around (laughs) holy shit when was that Oh, would have been like oh three, I think. That's nuts. Oh three, oh four. What did he do to the to your friend? Did he just like threaten to shoot him and then shoot it in the air or something? Uh, Jared said that he was just talking, rambling, just talking about whatever, and he was he asked him if he thought it was real, and Jared's like, "No, man, that's fake," and the guy pushed it against his forehead and shot it in the air, Jesus, and then walked away. That's crazy. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, that that qualifies as a crazy story from Western. Yeah. Not typical of the ones you hear out there. No. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's scary. It's, it, there's lots of stuff. <laughs> I had a stalker who named himself Raptor Man. Okay, sure. Um, to the point where police were involved, and after two years, he was knocking on my kitchen window at four in the morning, and... I came downstairs because I could hear someone yelling my name and my roommates who at the time it was myself and another two girls that lived in a house full of awesome dudes. They just said, Lindsay, go back upstairs. We're going to take care of this. And that's all I know. (laughs) What did he ever come around again? No, his name was at his real name was Steve Hedstrom. He went by Raptor man. He followed me out of Kroger. Um, He was talking to me while he was in line and checkout. And when I got home, he was sitting on my front porch with my mail in his hand. That's super creepy. He started showing up at my work. He he showed up in my classroom. This was out at Western? Yeah. Showed up in my classroom. Um, I had had some crazy stuff happen there. Yeah. I got electrocuted um, resetting a circuit breaker on a chairlift. I got electrocuted so badly that the electricity left my fingers, uh, left my body through my fingers, and they were bleeding and burnt. Oh, yeah. I just laid there screaming until somebody came and got me. Where was that at? Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Bitterbush. Oh, okay. I, just, I heard chairlift. I was like, wait, was this back here at Pine now? Yeah. Um, but they owned it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know they had other things. Yeah. That was just all DT energy at this point. Um, well, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with your Western book. <laughs> um, that's yeah. That's, that's wild. That's a chapter in it. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> so you're out at Western. What do you What do you want to go to school for at this point? You get your credits at OCC. You move in. You meet your best friend. What's Do you remember Miss Justice? Yeah. I wanted Jessica Justice. I wanted to be Jessica Justice. Yep. She was sociology? No. Yep. Yeah. Uh, family and consumer science. Okay. Yeah. Family and consumer science. Yep. That's a fun. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. That's what I was going to school for. I wanted to teach family and consumer science to high school. Um, okay. And then I did most of my schooling. I was doing, I don't even know what it's called. I think it's a pre-internship. At an extreme alternative school, and I was the only white female on staff there. The kids were 15 to 19 years old. There was a daycare there. Like 40% of the kids went back to juvie at night, and I was that white bitch. 
That was out there in, K- in and, Kalamazoo? Yep. Okay. How was that experience? Really scary because I apparently upset someone and I came home and there was a thug and a thug sitting on my front porch and said, I really hope you pass my little brother. Just remember I know you where you live now. That's fucked up. Scared the shit out of me. Did you keep that job after that? <laughs> it wasn't a job. It was part of my, oh, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. for school. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. How long did you have to do that for? I think it was 90 hours, 120 hours. I don't remember. It was so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So did you end up sticking with that major? I finished my family and consumer science degree, but I did not get a teaching degree, a teaching certificate. Yeah, yeah. Good old Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After that, I was like, I don't even want to teach kids. (laughs) I I don't want to teach high school kids. That probably put a very sour taste in your mouth. I mean, we both grew up here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where we had like, what, five black people in our school? Oh, yeah. Um, and I, we've talked about this a bunch of times on this podcast, but bigotry and racism typically comes from fear and a lack of understanding, mm-hmm. uh, which is pushed to an extreme level, especially when you have super insecure masculine men. That <laughs> and, that's, and the KKK comes along. But uh, it's something that concerns me for like so many people that we went to school with um, that have never left this area and have no like culture ex- cultural experience with people of other races, uh, ethnicities, um, nationalities. And so there's a level of, or lack of understanding of different people's cultures and... And tolerance. Yeah, and that just creates ignorance, which uh, unfortunately bleeds into some pretty scary areas yeah um, with people's personalities and everything so that's and i'm sure coming from clarkston and going over there and having that experience was probably not anything that helped in that no it was it was scary yeah definitely was that's crazy and kind of turned you off to the entire idea you wanted to and just looking at the dollar amount that i could make and teachers do not make money no it was not okay in my head so you graduate from Western. Do you stay out there or do you come back here? I didn't graduate from Western oh, at that time. What at, did, at that time. Ah, go on. <laughs> um, I, I moved back here because, because I thought that's where I wanted my life to be. And I thought I wanted to have a life in Clarkston. And How far off were you from graduating from Western when you left there? A couple classes. Why did you leave? I think that I just didn't give a shit anymore. I really, I had math that I had to finish, and math was always my biggest challenge. Math used to make me cry perpetually. And then I had like two electives, maybe three, but I just wanted to, I was like, oh, I'll finish it online from home. I don't, you know, my friends are leaving. I don't need to rent an apartment here again. I had started getting serious with someone back here in Clarkston. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I'll just finish it. And then Did I it seem like job. you had enough going on? Uh, especially with a relationship, because I imagine you're early 20s still at this point. Mm-hmm. I've made a lot of decisions in my early 20s for relationships. <laughs> uh, I went to the other side of the country. Did that all seem like a good enough balance to outweigh staying there and finishing school? Yeah, I was like, I can finish this online. He's there back home. Yeah. My family's back home. I got a really good job that I liked. Um, I was working at Shepherd's Hollow Golf Course, managing their dining room. I really enjoyed that, and I was like, I don't need to be a teacher. I'm making way better money now. Yeah. So you come back here. Do you uh, now that you're older? Do you have any resentment about not just doing the last couple classes? Oh, for the love of God, yes! <laughs> I have a 19 year old stepson, and I, when he started school, I was like, I don't give a shit if you change your major 15 times. Don't stop going. Just get it done. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. Um, and I would just. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Yeah, Because in going. my experience, it doesn't fucking matter. But <laughs> did you uh, did you not do well in high school and that's why you went to OCC? Or was it uh, you wanted to just get credits done at a cheaper rate? or how? I was a BC student. I was a 1.9, graduated by one class. <laughs> I don't actually know what I was. But I know that I had an occasional A, like... 
I, like in Miss Justice's classes because that was something that yeah. interested me. If it was me. something you were interested in, you did really yeah. well in it. Yeah. yeah. I was B's and C's and mostly. Um, and I went to Western to, I think my parents, we had an ag- agreement about payment for school and things like that. And essentially I had to prove to them that I was going to give a shit and get the grades. Yeah. And they're like, okay, if you do one year here, then you can go to okay. Western and we'll help you pay for it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So you come back here, you've got a boyfriend back here. Yeah. Did you, how did you guys start dating? Oh God. He was my first kiss when we were kids. Um, turns out he was also my first ex-husband. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Um, my only. Actually. He was your first kiss when you were kids. So you've known yeah. him for a long known time. Him, yes. Okay. Snowboarding at Pine Knob, um, school. You guys after high school end up connecting and um, dating? And- uh, ironically enough, I was home while I was going to Western. I was home for a weekend. Um, and my high school sweetheart called me up and was like, hey, I know you're going to be home this weekend. I think it's been long enough that we can actually have like a, hey, we're friends, kind of just hang out. And yeah. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Sounds good. So I go to meet him at Mr. B's. He's already got my favorite drink waiting. I use, yeah. I was <laughs> like, oh, all right, maybe he's just being polite. Then I use the restroom and I come back and he's got another one there. Reaches across the table and grabs my hands and is like, Lindsay, I think we should be together. We were supposed to get married and have kids, da-da-da-da-da. And I just said, thanks, I got to go. And I literally stood up and was walking out the door. And the ex-husband, his best friend, jumped out in front of me and was like, Lindsay, oh my God, it's been like 10 years. It's so good to see you. Good old Mr. B. (laughs) Yep. He was like, hey, look who's here. And then we all went out hanging out after that. And then he pursued me after I went back to school. And that's what got me seriously thinking about moving back to Clarkston. So that's how that all shook out. Well, there's obviously a draw there because the next step for you with him was getting married, right? Oh, after (laughs) years of off and on and off and on. Um, Tell me about those years. So you get, well, first, where do you, you still get your degree from Western, right? I didn't get, I didn't finish my degree until 2013. Okay. So what happens for those 10 years that you're back here and um i worked for the palace i nannied and i bartended at deer lake inn in clarkston i i know that yeah <laughs> what but what uh outside of your job i mean what was life like back here hunting fishing snowboarding golf wakeboarding so you're just living life just working and yeah. you know did you have any long-term goals or like whether career goals or relationship or that you were building on or was it just before i even when i went to college i still just i wanted to be a stay-at-home mom i didn't actually give a shit about having a degree i didn't that's and i'll be very honest i just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom well I I, i imagine that having that at home for the first x amount of years mm-hmm. was probably like a good incentive to be like that's a possibility for me totally yeah. i was like well she did it why can't i yeah that's, that's great i mean that's, <laughs> I, it's funny because i mean you have to realize that that is not something that a lot of people have yeah um my I mean, mind would be like my mom worked and had two kids <laughs> my dad lived in florida so, so why can't i yeah. um but yeah so that's that was, I mean, so your goal essentially was family and... Yeah, I just wanted to stay home with kids until they went to school. And in my head, I was going to do just like my mom did. Once the kids went to school, then I would start a career. Okay. That was in my head. So what changes that you... Um, altering I, that slightly. <laughs> dating the man that I married off and on for 10 years of my life, which was of some value and some joy but ultimately a huge fucking waste of time what uh when you say off and on we would be together for a couple years and i would think he was getting his shit together because he was actually previously married before that and had a child Uh, so was that one of the attractors to him that there was a child involved that I had, when we ran into each other at Mr. B's that yeah. night, I had no idea yeah. that he had been married or that he had a child. Yeah. And because his child was so young, no, it was actually terrifying because, of course, that child has a mother. And yeah. no matter how I felt about her kid, 
I would be that evil bitch. But in the crazy long run, long scheme of things, I actually think she's a wonderful woman. And <laughs> her and I actually went out a couple years ago and she asked me to have a child with him so she could, so her child would have a sibling. Wow. Yeah. It, it, That's it's gotta a be wild a crazy st- interaction. Yeah. And it took like nine years for us to even get to be able to sit next to each other and have a conversation. And that only came of an incredibly tragic, horrific situation. What was that? Uh, her fast forwarding a bunch of years. Um, I bought a home in Clarkston having no idea that at the, at the time guy she was dating lived five doors down. Oh, wow. Yeah crazy coincidence (laughs) she turns out getting engaged to dude which is hooray great everything's awesome their their son can ride her son can ride their his bike back and forth from mom's house to dad's house everything is super cool her fiance is great and uh he ended up committing suicide with my first stepson in the home with her he died with her holding her hand over his heart and when my ex-husband and I saw all the ambulances and police going down our street and we couldn't get a hold of her we ran down there and she just dropped into my arms covered in blood and I spent the next like 12 hours with this woman who for years barely spoke to me while my ex-husband is in the house with the cops working on things to close them off so they can get my stepson out of the home without seeing anything. They wait. Sounds like he's already seen. He was in his bedroom the whole time. And they had an officer standing in front of his bedroom door so he couldn't come out. The guy killed himself. Who found, who was with him? My ex-husband's first wife. Oh, she was with him. Okay, I thought the kid was. They with were him. engaged. Yeah. His son and her son were both home. Jeez. His son ran across the street to the neighbors, and my first stepson. Oh, her son was the one that was. Was there in his bedroom. Jeez. And they, I remember us walking back down to my house with my first stepson, and you could hear the both the fiance and the mother scream they were waiting for to get the child out of the home to pronounce him dead then my ex's family stayed with him and their son and i went and stayed with his ex-wife that's crazy oh you're telling me (laughs) wow all right well let's back up (laughs) (laughs) so you guys are off and on again for 10 years essentially i think it was like nine years yeah you said you keep thinking he's going to get his, his shit together. Yeah. I feel like there's always an aspect of, like, in relationships that don't work out, there's always an aspect of, I'm waiting for that person to change. And as someone that didn't change for somebody and and vice versa, um, I mean, was that a lesson? Am I am I off track on that? No, you're absolutely right. Um, I was thinking he was going to decide to grow up. Yeah. For his child, yeah. which would ultimately just make him a grown-up yeah. and a full-on grown-up, and we could have a productive, happy relationship. But it didn't happen. And one day I was at work at Deer Lake Inn, and my best friend called. She lived out in Colorado. Um, she called and said, hey, we've always talked about you living out here. She had recently been divorced. She was renting a room and a house with four other people. She said, somebody's bailing on their lease. Western all over again. She goes, West. <laughs> somebody's bailing on their lease. Um, my roommates agreed, you have first dibs, but the catch is you have 48 hours to decide because other people want the room too. I said, okay, I'll call you in the morning. And it didn't even take till I just called her after work and I was like, yeah, I'll take it. So, do you already have a house at this point or no? No, this was okay. before I just bought my home. Sure. <laughs> yeah. my timeline. Right? Yeah. So, you're just dropping everything, moving to Colorado? Put in my two weeks, sold my truck, bought a one-way plane ticket. Actually, my parents bought that for me as a gift. Um, they packed two suitcases. 
They threw me a sweet little going away party and I left. There you go. How old were you at this point? I was 29. I turned 30 in Boulder. Nice. It was awesome. That's fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, this is, I'm guessing, during one of the off-again parts of that relationship? Yes. In my head, it was done. That was it. I was yeah. just moving to Colorado indefinitely because my soul lives out west. Nice. Yeah, I fell in love with Colorado <laughs> when I was 12. How'd that happen? Family trip. We You're went, just like, this is my shit right here. We drove out there to go stay with my great aunt and uncle in Grand Junction. And Unless you already had family in Colorado. They're, yeah, they were my great aunt and uncle. Yeah. Um, and they were older. They, I think Jerry's, I think Uncle Jerry's like 93 and older. Um, I had saved all my babysitting money. I had watched the X Games a whole bunch before <laughs> and decided I wanted to be a snowboarder nice. and a whitewater rafting guide. Okay. And before I'd ever even snowboarded, I spent all $328 of my babysitting money and bought a snowboard. I was like, hey, mom, dad, look what we get to take home. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure your parents were thrilled. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So you get to go back there. Uh, how long were you in Colorado? Only six months. Okay. I mean, you... I would go visit regularly, but I only lived there for about six months. What happened that that stay was so short? Sisters were having babies, and the schmuck schmoozed me back in. So convinced me he was a changed man. You're uh, you're on again, off again. How long are the off agains? Three months to a year and a half. Okay. So you guys were continuously living your own life and just kept intersecting. Yeah. Okay. Was it always him pulling you? Or would yeah. you guys bump into each other and you were like, I think we can do this again? No, there would be some chord that would strike in his world that would make him be like, I think that we can do this. Let me go try and convince her of that. When do you guys get married? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 2015? Okay. Yeah, 2015. Okay. I think. Honestly, I think. So you're on again, <laughs> off again for over a decade. How long are you on again before you decide to get married? It was two years before we actually got married because I came back and I bought my house and he was like, started acting like a grown ass man. It was great. <laughs> and then, no, I don't know. He, we were living in the apartment when he proposed and then I bought the house. Um... And then we lived in the house together. Then we got married in November. We were married for about a year. It was just under a year and a half. So short, short lived. It was. Uh, he made some very definitive choices and statements. I'm trying to be discreet. <laughs> <laughs> um, he chose drugs and made it very clear that that was his choice. Gotcha. And that he did not want help. And was not interested in it. Okay. And my home was becoming somewhere that was unsafe to live. Okay. For more than just me. Yeah. You can't make somebody yeah. choose health. Well, yeah, I mean, and just going back to the, the theme of this relationship, um, changing, becoming someone yeah. else. I mean, I don't think anybody is going to change until they want to change, uh, whether that be stop using mm -hmm. um become a grown-ass man to quote mm -hmm. you or uh or anything else for that matter i mean i same way i didn't do shit i kept telling myself like i'll never live past 25 like i <laughs> i didn't have a death wish but now looking back i know i was just using that as a rationalization to not give a fuck about any of my decisions yeah and then I, one day i was 25 i was like fuck I gotta figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's uh that's a really shitty situation to be a part of. Are you still close or talk to his kids? Or kid? No, no. I did not think that would be healthy at no. all. Um and his mother agreed. I yeah. get to keep tabs on him from a distance. I see his aunts occasionally. It's been a while. Um actually last fall is the last time, but I had dinner with one of the aunts. 
Yeah, I imagine you were close with his family for that being together that long. Oh, love and then, his family. And married and, love his family yeah. so dearly. They're all, I mean, and his mother gave me a very specific warning. She reached over and grabbed my hand one day when we were going through some stuff. And she said, don't ever take that ring off. You may need it to take care of yourself someday. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I mean, if, if, his, if it was that clear. Yeah. You know, and I look back now. How'd you miss the writing on the wall, Lindsay? Yeah. Was he a user that whole time? He always smoked pot, which I don't care. Smoke all the pot you want as long as you're a productive human being. But then it was occasional partying, and then occasional partying turned into pills, and then pills turned into not going to work, hiding stuff, forgetting to pick up your kid, not paying any of the bills, forgetting to take care of the dog. Traditional ad behavior. Not going to work. Yeah. Um, Just insanely mean and fucking terrible human being. Yeah, that's shitty. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got out of that. Thank you. Me too. So what's, uh, what happens after that? Um, fast forward, I end up meeting my, not meeting because I'd known him for years, um, running into my now awesome husband. Current husband. Current, last husband. Um, yes, that's probably a Yeah, that's, just, let's just call him my husband. Um, <laughs> I actually, as cliche as this is, ran into him at a funeral. Oh. Have known him for, I think, like 12, 10 or 12 years. Okay. How'd you guys meet? Uh, He was neighbors of some old friends of mine. And I actually used to stand around a bonfire with him and his first wife, (laughs) who is an extreme alcoholic. And that's her choices because of that, why they divorced. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys already had something in common. <laughs> yeah, we were like, hey, maybe we should just introduce our exes. <laughs> uh, so ran into him. I was sitting at the kitty table at a funeral reception dinner, talking with the granddaughter of the deceased. And I didn't know, but it was my now stepson sitting right there with him. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And so we were the two adults sitting at the kids' table. Um, go up north a weekend later and he's there. It's the friends who are like, oh, come on up, come up, come up, come up. Yeah. He's there. You're we like, all... hey, I remember you from standing yeah, around well, that bonfire. What's going on? <laughs> Where's your wife at? <laughs> well, the, after funeral dinner, you know, I realized yeah. that he had been divorced and okay. yeah. so he, we all play cards that night it's just pouring rain we go for a walk uh after the rain clears and he just spilled his guts like nobody i've ever seen before i was like holy shit is this serious just about you or his whole life story <laughs> uh about his feelings for me okay. he was like i've always thought you were an awesome person blah 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 here's my one chance if i get one i'm gonna take it think what you want or don't yeah. And we separated that weekend without ever even getting each other's phone numbers. Oh. Yeah. Bad move, Lens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just like, what? Is this real? And uh, we actually just celebrated our one-year anniversary this past weekend. Hey. Well, congrats. Thanks. (laughs) So this is going well, then. (laughs) Oh, it's awesome. It's, uh, I was never going to get married again. Yeah. And certainly wasn't going to be with anyone who had children. I was going to sell my house after my divorce was finalized and move to Colorado and be a real estate agent and live in a small little... Huge switch from the original plan. Yeah. I used to tell him, you ruined my plans, man. So let's let's change gears a little and and go to that note. Um, At what point were you... And correct me if I'm wrong, because stay-at-home mom is definitely something that is always going to be available to some degree. Like it's something if you have kids, you can stay at home and take care of your kids. Right. Uh, given that financials work out and so on. Yeah. But um, you seem to be, so you're now at uh, Oakland Mediation? Yep. Rolling up on four years. Oakland nice. Mediation Center. So tell me about that place and how you got there and like what drew you to it. Uh, well, it's phenomenal. 
I ended up there because a very dear friend of mine, Josh Bolton. Shout out to Josh. <laughs> uh, we were both working on looking for new jobs, and I was trying to move my way into a professional realm. And one day he just sent me the job link, job link, and it said, this is perfect. This is you. So I applied just for practicing, like, hopefully professional interview practice. Okay. Had my first... Yeah, so what do they do there? Oh, my gosh. What don't we do? <laughs> so my quick Oakland Mediation <laughs> Center plug. We are a 5013C nonprofit volunteer-based okay. organization. We have contracts with six different district courts okay. that are supervised by staff, which we have six staff members. Um, we have 80-something volunteers who are actually facilitating the mediations. Okay. Landlord, tenant, small claims, general civil, on-site. So you guys do all the legal mediations for civil? Yep, all the, everything uh, that's court-ordered. Okay. Yep, with Rochester, Troy, Hazel Park, Southfield, Waterford, and Pontiac. Some of the courts were in twice a week. On site, we do full on divorces, um, all sorts of domestic case evaluation. We also do uh, special education mediation for the schools. We teach mediation classes, uh, conflict resolution workshops. I teach peer mediation. Do you find that this isn't exactly what you wanted your degree for, but it's in the same realm because you're still working oh, yeah. with, with families and like settle i mean i'm trying to <laughs> trying to gauge my memory of miss justice's class mm -hmm. but just based on um what is it family and consumer science consumer science i just like that combination <laughs> yeah. um it's the how to teach kids to be a grown-up yeah the shit you need to know before you graduate college class which is not taught enough in high school <laughs> exactly <laughs> um do you feel like you're doing a degree of that right now with this job it's definitely in the same realm yeah because communication is a huge piece of that and mediation is all about communication yeah. so you loved it yeah i started out part-time um and because of my situation with my ex-husband i was working a lot of hours uh, i was working part-time there and i was also bartending in a place in birmingham okay because at this point you're carrying the weight of everything oh yeah he's not working anymore it, okay. he worked for his father's company so he really felt like he could never truly be fired yeah. and you know i don't know where he is or what he does to date so you guys completely lost oh he completely. got crazy like okay. dangerously crazy gotcha yeah a lot of dangerously crazy guys in your life over oh, the years. Shit. <laughs> See, it's not easy being a woman in America. Um, so, so I get hired as part-time, and my boss that I'm working under, she puts in her two weeks, like right after I start, proceeds to work six days, and then just doesn't come in anymore. So... My hours increase a little bit, but I'm not near full-time. And then they decide to hire someone to fill her shoes who goes and does some crazy stuff and changes our materials and certain trainings that are approved by SCAO, which is the State Court Administrative okay. Office. I was like, I don't know if that is. You can't change those. That's like... Sounds official, yeah. Yeah, you, you <laughs> don't. That's Once they've said, okay, good job. You did a nice job writing this program. Yeah. That's what you teach. Yeah, so she got the boot not too terribly long um, after she was there, and then I became full-time, and my role has just continued to evolve with our business growing and bringing on new staff and different people having different responsibilities. We like to call it shifting sands. Everybody does everything except for our attorney's job. Fair enough. Yeah. What, uh, what does your husband do? He right now works for FedEx and okay. has for about 12 years. My uh, sister-in-law works for FedEx. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. He is uh, just about to start getting his contractor's license and nice. wants to work for himself. Nice. And he built houses sounds for... sounds like, yeah, you guys have been doing your own contracting stuff at home. And we're 
we have a list of people who contact us wanting work done. Yeah. Um, he built houses for 16 years until wow. the economy fell out. And he was like, okay. Hard to do that at that one. Oh, nine. <laughs> yeah. And that's when he started, with, you know, working for FedEx. Yeah. Um, but now he wants to, after remodeling the house we just did, he realizes how much joy it brings him to yeah. build. It's a, I can relate to that. And just in the, it's so nice to have something to look at at the end. Like the least, my least favorite kind of jobs are something you do and there's no, like you can't see an end result. Like it might be a number on a spreadsheet somewhere, but that doesn't mean shit to me. Um, You're a producer. You but, like to hold a finished product. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just great going through all the different steps. And then once everything's put together and like, yes, stained or painted and yes, a little piece of trim. Thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That nothing is a better feeling of accomplishment than that. Um, which is, it's hard if I am ever doing, like, this is not, this podcast is not tangible. Yeah. Um, but I get to talk and have conversations, um, not only for the podcast, but with people afterwards that has been affected. And that's rewarding to the point where I'm like, okay, <laughs> I yeah. cannot hold this and look at it and touch it. But um, that's fantastic that's a great feeling I have to constantly is. put myself back in that place so i don't wander away and go i'm bored i don't want to do this on yeah. like a random sunday but so going back to your put it in the book yeah what are some of your put it in the book moments for those years after coming back from western and um flying over lake michigan in a convertible plane two-man plane um as a passenger, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing UFOs with... Ooh, I I'm mean, intrigued. Literally hundreds of people were around me. It wasn't like I was standing there by myself and I was like, oh, I saw a UFO. Where was this at? Uh, Lake Michigan, Frankfurt, okay. salmon fishing. What was the... What'd you guys see? Uh, we were... We were done fishing. We were coming back into the harbor. So it's uh, like twilight. Like yep. evening. Yep. Tons of boats around also. And essentially you saw two things chasing each other like they were playing tag. And it was, there's no way physically possible yeah. that it was playing. Just like lights. It was insane. And everybody's, you could hear the radio chatter across the water. People going, what the fuck was that? Is that what I think it was? That was a UFO. And, That's awesome. Oh, I mean, it was, we all saw it. Yeah. And then the very next day, um, a girlfriend, my, it was a group of us that were up there. A couple of us girls went and did a little wine tasting and we went for a little hike off a two track in the woods and we're just sitting there by a creek hanging out and out of nowhere. And I'm telling you, you would have heard a car come down the, the two yeah. track Two DNR officers just rise up out of nowhere and say ladies you need to return to your vehicle there's been some unexplained activity in this area and it is not safe for you to be here the fuck does that mean exactly <laughs> exactly i would if i was in the state that you were in and that i, I would have lost my shit i said what the fuck and the girls all looked at me and i was like all right Let's go. Everybody go. Come on. Get in the truck. And Was we... it Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones? <laughs> did, they, did they zap you with their little <laughs> Did, did they flashy thing? thing yeah. you? No, they did not flashy That's thing That's crazy, us. though. It, yeah. It was... It, you guys need to get the fuck out of here. It validated that something happened. Yeah. Like, it, we're, we're in national forest. There wasn't, yeah. like, it wasn't hunting season. There wasn't, you're going to tell me there was some unexplained activity activity in this area and it is not safe for you to be here. If there's a more curious phrasing and it is yeah, like, oh, <laughs> unexplained what? activity. Okay, sure. Sure. Yes, DNR, from DNR officer. Yeah, from a D it's a fucking Yeti. You need, to, <laughs> you need to get out of here now. It's a bear, a bear pig man. Yeah, bear pig man is here. Yeah. Got to get out of the woods. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a... Uh, I always want to see stuff. I don't ever see anything. I think uh, as far as like aliens go, I think it's naive to think that this is the only planet that has 
like intelligent life on it. Like I think it's arrogant. Yeah. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Because just by like math alone, that's not right. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm always looking, and we keep hearing more and more shit every day. Mm-hmm. Who was it? The Navy, like two days ago, just acknowledged that like uh, the whole bunch of videos. They were like, "Yes, this is all a, like yeah. legitimate." Yes, these are real aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows, Lens? That's gonna. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> we could talk about it. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know if I have anything else. Did, did I? Do we not talk about anything you want to talk about? Um, my husband and I went to Vietnam, and that oh. was out of this world, and I highly recommend it. I bet. Was that humbling as well? Because, like, as an American, yeah, we fucked it up good over there yep uh, but it was it what was i think the most humbling piece was how welcoming all of the vietnamese people were yeah. it blew my mind yeah it's crazy and just if you ever get the chance go yeah i want to do international traveling that was our very first international travel ever all the way to vietnam we met my how long's be- that planned <laughs> uh it was 17 hours of oh my God. travel but it, it was kind of like, for me, it was cool because you're telling me I just have to sit here and wear slippers and a blanket and a pillow and watch movies and read books and have beverages and eat stuff for 12 hours and you and I can nap? I mean... I think me and Erica would have to rotate. I'll take first watch where... I get shit-faced and pass out, and she makes sure I don't do anything stupid. They won't. And then we'll you can't get shit-faced. Well, essentially, <laughs> uh, <they> Challenge will. <laughs> accepted. <laughs> they, they don't serve liquor on the international flights, because if something goes on, you can't land. You're flying over the ocean. So you would get two pours of beer or wine with each serving of food. That's interesting. Yeah. Because huh. they don't want you getting rowdy over the ocean. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that with any any uh, transatlantic flight? I don't know. Huh. We just got the information and booked our flights and showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I want to, I mean, I want to go to Europe first. I would, like, I've never been to England, but I'm pretty sure I would just move to England. <laughs> I think you would, too. So, it's my ancestry. Can you tell? I'm <laughs> pale as fuck. Um <laughs> I did a 23 in me. Turns out I'm British and Irish. <laughs> I don't want to blow your mind. Um, yeah, but it, that's something I'd really like to do. Yeah. Anything else you got? Um, I'll send you my book before, when I get done writing uh, it. I hope so. There's lots of fun stuff I'm to put in there. Probably going to have it at a different address when you retire. but <laughs> In England. Um, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'll have mates instead of friends. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing your story with me. You're welcome. All right, you just listened to my interview with my friend Lindsay. You know, it's she's one of those people that I I see like occasionally around town, different places she's working. Uh, but other than that, you know, we we haven't seen each other since high school and. As she mentioned, she came to like one party we had once, but I was drinking a lot then, so who knows? <laughs> I was Burt Macklin, FBI from Parks and Rec for that Halloween party. That's a good time. Now that now I do remember that, <laughs> that was a good time. Uh, it was really good to sit down with Lindsay. I hope you guys uh, got a lot out of our conversation. And check out Oakland Mediation Services too if you're having any issues, uh, whether they be court related or not court related or however that works. You can find them online and that's about it. Um, thank you guys so much again for all the support, please, uh, send me more messages and, uh, follow me in the podcast everywhere. Friend request pod at Facebook and Instagram and, uh, friend request JL that stands for Justin lamb at, uh, on Twitter. And you can email me Justin's friend request at gmail.com or just uh, message me on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you guys. And if you know me and you're listening to this and I haven't sat down with you, reach out. 
uh, if you're ready to talk, I'm ready to listen. I, I've lots of questions for you. So please reach out and we can sit down and have a conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys again. Please keep reviewing us. Uh, <laughs> it's super important that you do. I wish it wasn't, but you know, you know how this stuff works. So if you could click the little five star link, you don't have to write anything. Literally, you just click blink right when you download the podcast on any, any platform, really. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is the best thing that I've ever done. And you guys prove that to me every single week. So thank you so much. Uh, I love you all. I'll talk to you next week.